Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In the summertime, many of us go outside and gather at a barbecue, or we go swimming together. In the fall, friends often gather at sporting events or at the opening of the Phoenix Symphony or the Phoenix Chorale. And then, of course, it goes without saying that the opportunities for gathering between Thanksgiving and Christmas or even New Year's are endless. But mid-January brings a time when much of that gathering stops, at least for a while. And our recent Omicron surge has seen people make new decisions to once again isolate, to self-impose an exile upon themselves, to model, to modify their social patterns once again. Normally, though, January brings this sense of recalibration. The parties have now stopped. School has begun once more. The work we put off or procrastinated throughout the holiday season, well, it's coming back now. And things just get a little more serious. This year, we've had already some unwelcome reminders from the past 22 months, as we're seeing more and more cases of COVID, but with at least a little touch of hope that this latest surge will be over soon. It's a rather serious time, I suppose. Change is in the air. We always seem to enter the year with new hope, but this year we're also hoping that our hopes aren't quashed by these never-ending changes in safety protocols. It's a rather serious time, but it's also a very powerful time as well. A month ago, the Advent season prophesied about the power of God coming into the world. And so the season then after Christmas, Epiphany, seeks to show us how that power of God is indeed being revealed to us through the presence of Jesus. And so today we hear, to begin, this wonderful story from the Old Testament, from the book of Nehemiah. This first reading highlights the story of God's people having been in Babylonian exile for 120 years or so. Nehemiah tells us about their return now, back to their homeland, back to Jerusalem. And while the people, when they were in exile, kept their customs in some kind of way about their faith and their celebrations, there had been a lot of wisdom that they lost. Many had not heard the stories of their spiritual ancestors, and now they are hearing sacred scriptures being read right before them. And so we find them now hearing a new recitation of the law of Moses, some people hearing the scripture for the very first time, for the first time in their lives. And many of these newly returned people are worshiping God and hearing about God's loving purposes for them. 
It's an experience that leads to weeping, to praise, people holding their hands in the air and saying amen, to wonder and awe. The truth that they are immersing themselves, the truth of God's love gets revealed to the people today. Now this story from Nehemiah is important because it helps us more fully understand Jesus. The young man Jesus is sitting in the synagogue today in our gospel reading, invited to read on this day of worship. And he picks up the scroll of Isaiah and he shares these words from the ancient text to remind all who are gathered who we are every time we engage with the living God. So Jesus unrolls the scroll and he reads this famous passage that we know well. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus' entire mission is spelled out right there. He quotes Isaiah directly, and he uses the words of Isaiah to paint a picture, to cast a vision for everyone, to see what the kingdom of God actually looks like. It looks like this amazing vision from Isaiah. But what gets Jesus into trouble with the worshipers all we hear about today in the passage is it says, the eyes of all were then fixed on him. But what, if you keep reading the chapter, Jesus gets into trouble and gets thrown out of town. And what gets Jesus into trouble with these worshipers on this Sabbath is what he leaves out. The next sentence says this. So we heard this part, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then it continues and the day of vengeance for our God. Jesus purposely omits the second part. He sits down and he says to all who can hear, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The kingdom of God is here. And God's wishes for God's kingdom are only wishes of love and restoration and blessing. Vengeance has no part of it. This is a kingdom of love and forgiveness. And to paraphrase Jesus, my entire life's mission here is to bring as much of this into reality as possible. And that's what's being revealed to us today. This mission for a new year, a new era, for a people who were tired who have been in some kind of exile from an oppressive pandemic that won't leave us. For a people hungry for the living God to infuse our hearts, our bodies, our mind, to infuse our whole selves with the loving purposes of God for the world. These words of God, of restoration, of forgiveness, of liberation, are for us too. And they're as powerful today as they were when Isaiah first wrote them down over 2,500 years ago. We are a people with a purpose. We know this. Trinity's mission, welcoming all to be transformed in Christ through worship, 
fellowship and service has held strong throughout this pandemic. We know what we are being called to do in this community, to deepen our walk with Christ, and to seek out those who have not been included in the family of God, to go out and to be agents of God's healing in the world. Many of you have had one-on-one conversations with me and with many of the other clergy here, and many have You've expressed this genuine desire to deepen your spirituality, to grow your commitment to the life and ministry and outreach of the church. And I want to say emphatically that we will support your efforts as you go on this journey. We'll be your champions. We'll offer you the very best in support and care as you explore how you can be an agent of Christ's mission in the world around us. The reality, though, about these pandemics, that pandemics in human history, they're a little bit like dementors in the Harry Potter novels. Pandemics suck the hope and the joy and the life out of us if we dwell on them too much. Yes, we must take precautions. Yes, we must follow the advice of our doctors. We must be careful. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is about hope and love and blessing. And if anything, a pandemic is antithetical to the gospel of Jesus, not for us to ignore it, but rather the presence of the pandemic is a call for us to ask ourselves the hard questions about what is it that really matters in our lives. Our friends, our families, our support network, and how we support and encourage those communities in our world that we love deeply, like our community here at Trinity. We have this desire to emerge from this pandemic as a new beacon of hope, as something new, revealing something new about a community of God that models each and every day how much we love one another, how much we love our neighbors, and how much we love God. We're given a tremendous opportunity right here and right now to see the possibilities in Jesus's mission today. We're blessed to catch a glimpse of that ancient prophet Ezra helping return to God, return the people back to God and blessing them and immersing them in the restoring reminder that their God loves them more than they can ever ask or imagine. We are invited by Jesus Christ himself to immerse ourselves in a new year of possibility walking alongside the living God, being God's agents for a hurting world, refreshing and restoring ourselves with the grace of Jesus accompanying us every step of our way, helping us create beloved community. Each of us have our own aspirations. We each have our own goals. Collectively, though, we're gathered to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit, to inform our hearts and minds and our bodies in the knowledge and love of God so that we may do the work that we've been given to do. We're a people with a purpose. 
and today invites us to never lose sight of our need to draw back to the source, to draw back to the love of the living God that nourishes us, that restores us, that strengthens us to do the work for today. The mission of Jesus now in 2022, bringing that beloved community, that kingdom of God to the here and now so that more people everywhere will hear about God's loving purposes for them. It might be an experience that leads to weeping. It might be an experience that leads to praise or wonder or awe. But God's love and God's loving purposes are meant to be revealed to all the world. Jesus outlines the work he gives his followers to do. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him. The Spirit of the Lord is also upon us. The time of regathering, the emergence from our exile is now. We'll do it carefully, thoughtfully, intentionally. We are a people of purpose. God has so much love to give you that the fact of the matter is, God will equip you to do greater things than you can ever imagine doing just by yourself. The blessings of God's restoration will never end. And we're promised that we will come out of this exile renewed. In some way, we will be renewed. God will always be faithful. Jesus' mission is very clear. And we're invited to be a part of it. How about you? What is God calling you to do? Imagine the possibilities.